0: Hello my friends And welcome to another moment Another Black History Moment with Bo And I hope everything is going great for you this day And I hope you enjoyed the hell out of that Super Bowl game My hats off to the Chiefs and to the 49ers for giving us a great Sunday evening. Five whole quarters they played, and the 49ers have no reason to feel bad because you never lose. You either win or you learn. So I think everybody is looking forward to next season. And hey, if you are a newcomer to our show, we say welcome. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. We are here to have a little fun, and we are here to learn some things. So if you don't want to hear the truth, and I mean the real truth, then this is not the program for you, because we're going to tell you some things that's going to make you mad, and we're going to tell you some things that'll make you glad. But most of all, we're going to tell you like it really is, and like it really was. And when you learn how much you're really worth, you'll stop giving people discounts. And right about now, we're going to slip into darkness, and I'm going to tell you some things that I know you have never heard of. Some things that you will find it hard to believe, but they are true indeed, a fact. And they are truly, indeed, our history. So screw your earbuds in, get comfortable, and get ready to hear something you're going to find it hard to believe. At the beginning of the automobile age, I guess you could say in the early 20th century, Hundreds of small auto companies sprouted up across America as entrepreneurs recognized that society was transitioning from horse-drawn carriages to transportation powered by the internal combustion engine. Some of these early companies grew to become giants that are still with us today, such as Ford and General Motors. Many others remained small, struggling to compete against the assembly lines of the larger manufacturers. And one of these companies was C.R. Patterson & Sons of Greenfield, Ohio, makers of the Patterson-Greenfield automobile from 1915 to 1918. Though its name you won't recognize today, there is In fact, a very important reason to ensure that it is not lost in history, not stuffed back into the darkness it because it was and remains to this day, the only African American owned and operated automobile company. Now, Charles Richard Patterson was born into slavery on a Virginia plantation in 1833 and nobody knows much about his life on that plantation. Historians have sifted through conflicting reports about how he came to settle in Greenfield, Ohio, a town with strong abolitionist sympathies. Some say his family arrived in 1840s, possibly after purchasing their freedom. Others suggest Patterson alone escaped in 1861. In any case, he learned the skills of a blacksmith and found work in the carriage-making trade, where he developed a reputation for building a high-quality product. In 1873, he formed a business partnership with another carriage-maker in town, J.P. Lowe, who was white, and eventually became the sole proprietor of the renamed C.R. Patterson & Sons, in 1893, it was a successful business employing an integrated workforce of 35 to 50 by the turn of the century, and Charles Patterson became a prominent and respected citizen in Greenfield. His catalog listed some 28 models from single open buggies to larger and more expensive closed carriages. For doctors and other professionals when Patterson died in 1910 the business passed to his son Frederick who was already something of a pioneer himself he was a college educated and was the first black athlete to play football for Ohio State University Wow now there's a kicker for you my friends The first black athlete to play for Ohio State. He was also an early member and vice president of the National Negro Business League founded by Booker T. Washington. Now as owner and operator of the enterprise his father started, Frederick Patterson began to see the handwriting on the wall. The days of the carriages and horse-drawn buggies were nearing an end. Now, at first, the company offered repair and restoration services for the horseless carriages that were beginning to proliferate on the streets of Greenfield. No doubt this gave workers the opportunity to gain some hands-on knowledge about these noisy, smoky, and often unreliable contraptions. And like his father, Frederick was a strong believer in advertising and placed his first ad for auto repair service in the local paper in 1913. Initially, the work mostly involved repainting bodies and reupholstering interiors. But as the shop gained more experience with engines and drivetrains, they began to offer sophisticated upgrades and improvements to electrical and mechanical systems as well. And this valuable experience allowed C.R. Patterson and Sons to take the next great step into its own story as well as in African-American history. In 1915, it announced the availability of the Patterson-Greenfield automobile at a price of $685. From the company's publicity efforts, it is evident they were bursting with pride. And I quote, Our car is made with three distinct purposes in mind. First, it is not intended for a larger car. It is designed to take the place originally held by the family Surrey. It is a five-passenger vehicle, ample and luxurious. Second, it is intended to meet the requirements of that class of users who, through perfectly able to spend twice the amount, yet feel that a machine should not engross a disproportionate share of the expenditure, and especially it should not do so to the exclusion of proper provisions for home and home comfort, and the travel of varied other pleasurable and beneficial entertainment. It is a sensibly priced car. Third, it is intended to carry with it, and it does so to perfection, every conceivable convenience and every luxury known to car manufacturer. There is absolutely nothing shoddy about it, nothing skimp and stingy. Unquote. Oh boy had it going on, and orders began to come in and see our Patterson and Sons officially entered the ranks of American auto manufacturers. Over the years, several models of coupes and sedans were offered, including a stylish Red Devil Speedster. Ads featured the car's 30-horsepower Continental four-cylinder engine, full-floating rear axle, electrical starting and lighting, and a split windshield for ventilation. The build quality of the Patterson-Greenfield automobile was as highly regarded as it had been for their carriages. Now, the initial hope and optimism, however, proved to be fairly short-lived. In an age of increased mechanization and production lines, small independent shops featuring hand-built, highly-quality products, weren't able to scale up production or compete on price against the rapidly growing car companies out of Detroit. In small quantities, parts and supplies were expensive and hard to come by when major manufacturers were buying them by the train load at greatly reduced costs. Plus, the labor hours per car were much higher than that of assembly line manufacturers. As a result, the profit margin on each Patterson-Greenfield was low. In 1918, having built some estimates between 30 and 150 vehicles, C.R. Patterson & Sons halted auto production and concentrated once again on the repair side of the business. But they weren't done yet, and in the 1920s, the company began building truck and bus bodies to be fitted on chassis made by other manufacturers. And it was, in a sense, a return to their original skills in building carriage bodies without engines and drivetrains. And for a period of time, the company was quite profitable. Then in 1929, the stock market crashed and the great depression set in as with many small businesses sales dried up and loans were hard to obtain the company now run by the sons of frederick patterson soldiered on until 1939 when after 74 years c r patterson and sons closed its doors forever And sadly, no Patterson-Greenfield automobiles are known to survive today. But we should not let that dim the fact that two great entrepreneurs, Charles Richard Patterson and his son, Frederick Patterson, built and sustained a business that lasted several generations and earned a place not just in African-American history, but in automotive history as well. Damn folks, that is some history there. And Greenfield, Ohio is south of Columbus and it's about 22 miles from a town by the name of Chillicothe. And that's where the first Ohio State black football player was born. Now would it have been detrimental to American society to teach these facts in schools just enough to let our kids know they can do anything and to give them a little pride. Because even with all the degrees in the world, we remain miseducated if you don't learn the true history of our African-American ancestors. Rest in peace, Charles and Frederick Patterson. And do not worry about your story because it has been pulled from out of the darkness into the light. And we are letting our people know that at one time here on this earth, in this country, we had an automobile manufacturer as well. And had it not been for the Great Depression... It this day might be as large as the automobile manufacturers that are here still. So rest in peace because you got a hell of a story. And Black History Moments with Go is going to tell it and it's going to be in our library for anybody that wants to learn something about us can pull out and listen to. My friends, that music tells me that it is once more time for me to get out of here. And though I hate to go, this has been a great story today. And now that you've heard it, I hope it puts a little glide in your stride. And I hope you also take this message with you. Your smile is your logo. Your personality is your business card. How you leave others feeling after having an experience with you becomes your trademark. Until next time, my friends, it has been my honor. Peace to my ancestors and my elders. I walk in your strength, legacy, and power today and every day.